Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Business as usual for the Tennessee Titans on Sunday when, in the friendly confines of Nissan Stadium, they won again. 17-10 over the uh, Carolina Panthers. Wasn't the prettiest win you'll ever see, but as I always say, they don't ask how you won, they ask if you won. And the Titans got a uh, a much-needed win that, uh, that then cost Panthers coach Frank Reich his job the next day. Uh, I guess the good news, if you will, then, is that they are home again this Sunday uh, against the Indianapolis Colts, uh, a team they've lost to once already this season, a, a team that is very much in the playoff chase and uh, and will present a much more significant challenge, I would think, than, uh, than the Panthers did, although... Uh, this this is a, an Indianapolis team without Shaquille Leonard, who is uh, who has who has given the Titans problems over the years. But uh, the Colts have moved on from him. Of course, Anthony Richardson not playing. This is the Gardner Minshew show on offense now. Um, we will we will see what happens when and we will look ahead to that game and and look back a little bit to Sunday's victory in this episode of the Believe in Titans podcast. As always, with former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you today? I'm doing great this evening. How are you doing today, David? Doing great. John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John, good day. Absolutely. Hope the same for you guys. Indeed, and I am uh, I am David Beauclair. Once again, this is the Believe in Titans podcast. So officially, the Titans are uh, are not undefeated in home games because the loss to Baltimore, they were the home team in that one. So if you look at the NFL standings officially, they will show the Titans at four and one at home but the, as we know they are 4 and 0 in Nissan Stadium the only other teams that are undefeated at home this year are Philadelphia, Dallas and Miami all of which are pretty good teams the uh so there is a sign there i guess that the that the Titans have a quality of uh of good teams they they share that with them uh, another quality of good teams, of course, is that you win games in your division. The Titans are uh, are 0-2 in the division right now with losses to the Colts and to Jacksonville. Uh, this is, uh, you know, this is not a chance, I wouldn't think, to throw themselves into the uh, into the thick of the division race, but it is a chance to uh, to get right a little bit again. And, of course, it will be another chance for Will Levis to show what he can do. Uh, Levis, Levis, had one good half Sunday, one eh, half, I guess you could call it. No points after halftime for the Titans. Um, but uh, but he did outplay Bryce Young, the first overall pick uh, of the draft. Uh, John, we'll start with you. Was was that a significant performance uh, for him on on Sunday? It does it does it does it speak to uh, any more to a brighter future for the Titans than what we've seen to this point? I thought it was a solid performance by Levis. It's, it's kind of, you know, outside of that, that game against Atlanta, of course, with the four touchdown passes, 
you know, it's it's been a little bit more of of what we'd expected. You know, he's up somewhere around 200 yards passing per game. Um, you know, he led a couple of touchdown drives. Uh, he did not turn the ball over. You know, th- these are solid things. He he wasn't spectacular uh, in any way. Um, but again, we're looking at a guy in in, in his fifth start. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I like some of the things that, that he's doing a little bit more consistently when we compare him to to Bryce Young. Um, I, I still think he gets the ball downfield uh, a little bit more often than, than Bryce Young does. Uh, he doesn't take as many sacks as, as Bryce Young does. And I think they've both kind of got equally crummy lines. So I think it's a it's a fair comparison there. Um, and he hasn't turned the ball over as, as much as Bryce Young has either. I, I I like you know this is the first time really I'd watched Bryce Young you know for for a full full game this season, uh, and man I I thought incredibly elusive uh, in the pocket. So even though the Titans wound up with four sacks, about a guy that that's hard to bring down. I I was really impressed uh, by that you know by by his running ability as well uh, you know and then I think uh, you know he, he got the ball to ten different receivers uh, against the Titans you know certainly you know something to be said for that. So, you know, I, I think there's certainly still potential, you know, with Bryce Young, but uh, whether it's with the new coach uh, for him or, or whether simple maturity takes care of this, you know, I, I think there has to be more, you know, maybe more some, some more composure uh, in, in the pocket, uh, and, and eventually he's going to have to find a way, and some of that also has to do with his wide receivers, not exactly an all-star crew, uh, of being able to, to get the ball downfield. Um, and, you know, as for Levis, a little look, taking it uh, directly, a focus a little bit more on Levis. I, I did really like two things in particular about that first half um, that you mentioned is good first half. That one, uh, you know, was that second drive for the Titans. They start at their own nine yard line. And, and one thing the Titans haven't done real well is kind of overcome setbacks on drives this year. This drive, they overcame uh, a third and 12, a fourth and one. Uh, a false start penalty and a sack. Levis gets a 25-yard pass to bring him down to the one, and they score on the next play there. So I, I like the way Levis handled that drive. And, of course, right before the half, uh, you know, a really efficient short drive. Uh, they started on their own 38 with only 28 seconds left in the half. Uh, no timeouts. He gets a couple completions for 27 yards. Then gets everybody up to the line of scrimmage, gets everybody set. Make sure no movement, um, clocks the ball, three seconds left, boom, Nick Folk kicks a 53-yard field goal. So I like that a lot. Uh, I, I, uh, I tend to look at that a little bit more than what was, as you, as you described, it, kind of a mad second half. Didn't do too much. But uh, uh, since now, since he's only you know still in the early stages of, of his career here, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and, and I'll say I like the – what he did better in the first half and what what he didn't do in the in the second half. And Denard, let, let's talk about this. He uh even before kickoff, Will Levis was the guy who who broke down the team in in the pregame huddle and uh you know, you you've been in those things I, I I'm curious number one how uh you know, how much discussion, how much thought goes into who does that or does somebody just typically step up and and sort of and take over in that moment and and two how significant is it in in any event that 
that the rookie quarterback was the guy doing it instead of Jeffrey Simmons or Derrick Henry or uh, or DeAndre Hopkins or or somebody you know a, a more likely suspect for this team? Do you think? It varies. It, it just depends on the team. But listen, before pregame, if he did that and got in the middle of the huddle, uh, what it signifies is that he is the leader of this team. He plays so good. Does you know how well? You know, so the Titans, uh, he is the leader now. He is the future of this franchise. So there's not one guy that's designated to kind of lead the huddle and put the one hand and say, follow me, you know, like Ray Lewis. Uh, nobody, I, I don't know. I just, I know we didn't do it like that. It's just whoever felt led that they want to speak up that day and kind of give your two cents, as I like to call it, because I never listened to anyone anyways. <laughs> and secondly, if you, I mean, and just if you look at, um, just watch him over the last five games. I mean, what I love about him is his presence. The fact that, uh, and both quarterbacks, if you look at them, uh, neither one of them turned the ball over Sunday. And that's very unusual for two rookie quarterbacks going at it. And what I like about Will, John, I'm going to kind of piggyback on a little bit off you about that second drive. That was remarkable because if you look at it, he was, what, 8 for 10 for 99 yards uh, on that series alone. And, and when I watched that series, you know, when you watch Tennessee, it's like the, the game against Atlanta. When they start fast and they play fast, they typically end fast. But when they start slow and they're lethargic, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to go do something else. Go get some popcorn because this is not going to turn out well. But what I love was his pocket presence. I mean, did you not see the way on that third and three when he hit Chris Moore for that out route to pick up the first? And then you talk about the strike to Chig. I mean, that's that's called veteran. That's a leadership, and that's what you want to see from the young guy. I thought he played magnificent Sunday. Yeah, he didn't have big numbers. Uh, what he was finished with, 18 or 28, 185 yards. And I know sometimes people see the zero TDs, but what I like to see, it says zero interceptions. And you wonder why Tennessee uh, won that game Sunday. They didn't turn the ball over. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's funny. There was there – was, I, certainly not a lot of hype around this game, but but a lot of the talk pregame was, uh, you know, Bryce Young against Will Levis. It was sort of the the number one storyline going in. But but to your point, Denard, about his 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 willingness to stand in there and and take the hits and do the and do the things he's doing right now. I contrast him more to Malik Willis right now. You know, we we've seen Malik and 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 you know not to kind of kick him when he's down a little bit, but you know the the hesitancy and the uncertainty in the pocket and the you know sometimes trying to figure things out. I'm not saying Will Levis is always making the right throw, but he's making up his mind quickly and uh and and making a throw he's decisive back there and in those moments when he does have to hold the ball he doesn't shy away from the rush he, he, i mean we've seen young quarterbacks get battered to where they get uh, you know they they get spooked eventually uh david carr in houston the early days of the houston texans certainly comes to mind but uh uh you know the, the the issues the Titans have protecting the passer are not an issue for uh, Will Levis right now. He's not afraid to stand in there and and take those hits if he has to. And that uh, you know that that I sort of think connects back to the the pregame huddle and the breakdown too. Teammates respect toughness and courage, and uh, and, and he has shown those things. And and I think 
you know, you 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 want to see two good halves, two really productive halves from him, but uh, but that's going to come. The fact that you're get that you can get one right now, you know, will become three good quarters at some point, and eventually it'll become four good quarters. And and the better protection he has, those things will start to come easier as well. So uh, uh, it, it, at this point, still, I I don't think you can say that the Titans made an error in the decision to look to the future and and uh, and go with Will Levis, get him as much experience as they can. Uh, um, you know, will again. There's there's no guarantees week to week in this business, but but right now, it, it's it's all signs to 2024 and beyond with this uh, with this offense and and this guy in particular. Um, what's not as clear as you look to the future is, uh, and we've talked about this from time to time, is uh, is Derrick Henry and and whether or not he will be here beyond this season. Uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago he was leading the AFC in rushing, was was second in the NFL, but his production has slowed tremendously here the last couple weeks. And at this point, uh, Henry has gone four straight uh, games without reaching a hundred, uh, without reaching a hundred yards. Five, if if he if he doesn't get there this week, it'll be five straight, which will be the longest he's had. Since he became the man for this offense, which was during the 2019 season. Now, Indianapolis, I mentioned Shaquille Leonard, who's a, a great run stopper and everything else, won't be in there. But uh, Indianapolis is 26th in the league in run defense, uh, allowing an average of uh, almost uh, 130 yards against per game. So, uh, uh, John, I'll, I'll come back to you. Are, are we looking as, as we move into December here, are these the final days of, of Derrick Henry, uh, with the Titans? I mean, is this, is age and, and usage and everything else caught up to him? And, uh, and he, he's, as he's running through these final weeks of the season, is he, is he running toward the exit? Do you think? Yeah, it's certainly a good question to be raised. Um, you know, some of the, the basic numbers certainly suggest, uh, you know, that, that things are sliding in that direction. Yards per carry, 4.2, which is his lowest since 2017. His yards per game, or excuse me, since seven, 2017, uh, yards per game, 67 yards per game, which is the lowest since 2018. But, you know, when, when you look at also some of the, you know, the, the analytics, the underlying numbers, are you know still say that that Henry is is uh you know not that far from from what he was in in kind of his his prime years uh as as well you know and that goes from everything you know the basic pro football focus grade right now is ninety point three overall which is the second best for Derrick Henry ever uh you you look at things that like yards after contact Derrick Henry's averaging about three point three um which second lowest since twenty seventeen on one hand, but it's not far off. It's still fairly similar to what some of the other figures have been uh, over the years. And, and you know, you talk about the explosive runs. We haven't seen the, the big explosive runs, certainly, that we might have seen in previous years. But he's already this year had 11 carries of 15 yards or more. Surprised me. And he only had 15 all of all of last year. So, you know, pretty solid in, in that way uh, of looking at it as well. So, yeah, as I said, a lot of those analytics numbers you look at and say, okay, well, he, though he's not the, the prime Derrick Henry that we had seen a few years back, he's not still not that far off. So I tend to uh, think of it as 
Um, you know, there, there's still issues with that offensive line, as, as we know. I tend to think that still has a lot to do with it. Uh, you know, we have just the, the other game, for instance, Derrick Henry ran for 76 yards, but 80 he ran for 81 yards after contact. In other words, obviously he had he had he was he was making up ground just to be able to uh, you know to to gain any yards at all. Everything was after contact and more. Uh, um, so I think part of it is is the offensive line. Um, I also think part of it, you know, Tajay Spears is here and he's a very good rookie. We've talked about this before. Uh, you know, he is by far the best of the of the guys who's sort of been number two behind Derrick Henry, and he's a guy that deserves to get touches, deserves to get snaps. Um, and and that takes away from from Derrick Henry's, um, you know, uh, carries as well. It's just going to happen that way. Uh, and then you throw in the fact too that you've got a rookie quarterback throwing to a, a group of receivers that is not exactly explosive in nature. You're still going to get a lot of stacked boxes against Derrick Henry. So I don't think I'm not ready to to you know uh, put put my fist down and say that's it. Derrick Henry is is, is sliding. You know things are really looking bad. Uh, so as I look ahead. Um, I still think it's not completely out of the question that Derrick Henry comes back next year after his contract expires. I think there are, there are reasons for, for both sides, you know, certainly from a PR value, if, if, if nothing else, the Titans would love to have Derrick Henry back next year. I mean, he's, he's a, you know, he's a legend here in Nashville and certainly the most popular player uh, for, for years uh, on this team. Um, and and still, as I pointed out, you know, still effective as some of the numbers we'll talk about. Uh, and I think Derrick Henry is happy. It would not be absolutely stunning to to, to see him back uh, next year as well. Denard, as you look in, if you if you put yourself, I guess, in Rand Carthen's shoes, you Rand Carthen hasn't had Derrick Henry as his back for all these years. He's sort of analyzing him with a with a fresh set of eyes. Um, what what is he seeing? Is he seeing a a a good power back? Is he seeing an aging guy? Is he you know what, what uh, is he seeing a guy who can still be a central piece of this offense? What do you think? Well, I'm gonna look at it um, from a guy who's actually played, and I know what it's like when you start talking about changing coordinators and how they call a game. There's no more Arthur Smith. There's no Todd Downing. He was very successful as those two when he was his offensive coordinator. But last not least, let's look at some things. I want to give you a few names, by the way, because remember when you subtract something, what do you add in return? Yeah. You're talking about Yes, he's a constant still there. He's your center. But what about Ben Jones? He's no longer in Nashville. He's retired. I'm going to give you another name, Roger Satfold. Where is he playing now? Buffalo? No. he uh, Minnesota. They, yeah, Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota just picked him up recently. That's right. Nate Davis. We talked about Nate Davis. You know, uh, you know, when they lost him, that would be a huge loss for this offensive line. We're talking about Nate Davis was one of the best at that that position. You two, John and David, you bragged on uh, how good Nate played that last year in Tennessee, even though he was banged up a lot, but he was consistent. You're talking about Dan Quisenberry. Was he not consistent at that right tackle position when a lot of players went down? He held his own, didn't he, when he got in there and started? Was that in 2021? Yeah, he was there. Yeah, yeah, played the whole season. Played the whole season. Taylor Wan, I mean, you got a new ensemble 
now blocking for you. And you got a bunch of, what, Aaron Brook, Peter Skaronsky is a rookie. Andre Dillard, he struggled. Dylan Ratings, I mean, we've been on him but the last two years. Jalen Duncan played well Sunday. But, again, there's a lot of new pieces. So if you ran Carthon right now, you got to say, if we're going to build around Will Levis, well, we got to also put a line together that we know can open up hole for Derrick Henry. I mean, yeah, he he doesn't, he's getting older. We know that. And unfortunately in this league, when you get older, you know, your value starts to diminish, but I still think he has a lot in the tank. And if I'm Rand Carthon, when, if I address this offensive line uh, this off season and make some key addition in free agency and through the draft, I'm going to bring him back because I still feel like he's like every down. He's still a three down back in this league. Yeah. I, I, you know, he, he has improved his, his pass catching such as is as it is. I mean, he's not lining up in the slot and running routes, but, but he's become pretty darn effective in the screen game. And, and I actually think he's going to be back next year too. Uh, assuming, assuming nobody breaks the bank for him. I, you know, I, I don't think the Titans are going to throw huge money at him, but uh, I don't think anyone else will either. We all saw what the, what the uh, running back market was this past off season. And as it stands right now, there are going to be tons of really good running backs available this offseason from Josh Jacobs to Saquon Barkley to Tony Pollard to Dalvin Cook to Austin Eckler to DeAndre Swift, Gus Edwards, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, on and on it goes. I mean, there's there's going to be something for everybody. And, uh, and to your point, too, Denard, about subtracting something, if you're the Titans and, and you have this offensive identity – and you and you've you, you you're working to build this quarterback. Doesn't it make sense if you can to sort of stick with your offensive identity? We've we've talked about it ad nauseum. There's you know DeAndre Hopkins is a really fine wide receiver, but the Titans' passing game in general is not scaring people. The first thing defenses still do is they load up to stop the run game and Derrick Henry. So if you can it. it if you can force defenses to do that again next year, but put a little bit better offensive line in front of him and, and create the opportunities for Will Levis to, to see the one-on-one matchups and do that. It, it makes sense to me to, to bring him back on a two-year deal. Spotrack.com, for example, estimates it, it Derrick Henry is worth a two-year deal at 19.1 million dollars, which I would think anywhere you know, fifteen to twenty million dollars for two years seems like a, a reasonable deal for for Derrick Henry. And uh, and to your point, John, you know he's taken fifty six percent of the offensive snaps this year, which is a which is on track for the lowest percentage he's had in a while. So Tajay Spears is getting his touches. Probably will get more touches next season. But uh, but Derrick Henry is still effective in the spots you need him to be. He's one of eight running backs in the league right now with at least six rushing touchdowns. So you know it if he's willing to sort of transition into that that just power back more first down short yardage and 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 maybe let Spears do some of the other stuff going along the way. I, I think uh, I, I think it I think it it makes sense to bring him back and. Uh, and keep keep thing keep that continuity for uh, for Will Levis as as he continues to grow and but let him sort of see the same sort of things from defenses he's seeing this year. It's uh, uh, it, it you know because again I, I I just don't think that anybody's gonna 
throw a big wad of cash at him that'll make it attractive enough for him to go anywhere else. And and I agree with John. I think he's happy here. I think he likes it here. You know, he 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 surpassed nine thousand rushing yards on Sunday. Ten thousand will you know is, is out there. Eddie George hit that mark here. Uh, I think uh, I think it'd be it would be meaningful to Derrick Henry to be able to get ten thousand yards all with one franchise. So uh, um, it'll it'll be it'll be a very big storyline this off season and uh, and a fun one to watch. I mentioned I mentioned the Colts, of course, as uh, as as we're winding this thing down. Um, let's I mean, let's get right to it. Colts, uh, Colts, the Titans were the ones who ended rookie quarterback Anthony Richards' season, Richardson's season. They, uh, if if people haven't enjoyed playing against Gardner Minshew the last couple of weeks, they can blame the Titans for that. But uh, with Minshew playing the playing more than half that game, the Colts piled up. 429 yards of offense in that one, including almost 200 rushing yards. Uh, um, John, are, are the Titans going to have an answer for the Colts on Sunday and and what Minshew and, and the rest of that crew is going to do? They're going to be uh, uh, better, uh, certainly second time around. You know, as, as we know, and as you mentioned at the start, they're playing at the, you know, the, the fortress the un- unbeatable uh, yeah. Nissan Stadium, which no team could even think about coming in and winning, apparently. So there's that uh, to, to consider. But uh, beyond that, you know, I, I think uh, there are some players that will be returning uh, for the Titans that they didn't have last time. One of them was was uh, Tier Tart, who, of course, as we know, is, is a you know big-time run stopper. And, and I think that'll help uh, when it comes to stopping Zach Moss. Titans won't have to worry about Jonathan Taylor uh, because he's got a uh, he's got a thumb injury that's going to keep him out. Uh, um, and uh, it's looking maybe like like Traylon Burks uh, might make a return. Uh, he's been out since the um, Pittsburgh game, uh, you know, with the concussion that he that he suffered against Pittsburgh. Missed, uh, I believe, three games there, um, but he was uh, a full participant at, at practice today. Uh, very encouraging sign. I don't believe he's officially out of concussion protocol, but certainly optimistic that that could happen. And then you look at, uh, you know, the Titans for a long stretch there, about, you know, four or five weeks were just getting mauled in the run game, which was surprising because it was so, un, you know, unusual for this team and, and their identity. Uh, but then now you look at the, like the last three games, uh, they've averaged, it's it's only about 100 yards per game they've allowed. And and the per carry average that they have allowed over those three games, 2.7, 3.6, and 3.0. So they're kind of getting back to that old Titans uh, brand of defense where they're pretty solid against the run, which is going to be very big uh, against the Colts. And, of course, I, I think having a week to prepare against the dreaded Gardner Minshew, as funny as that might sound, I think there is it, it is important, you know, because I assume obviously they were preparing – for Anthony Richardson before, and that's a it's a different style of quarterback than Gardner Minshew. So I think maybe a little more prep time for this style of quarterback will help. So uh, I think those things maybe combined with a little bit better pass rush that we've seen from the Titans, I, I, I think there's reason to believe that there might be, might be a different outcome this time around. Yeah, they, they will have to deal with a Jonathan Taylor who's in full flight now. He was just coming back from his suspension. No, no, no they won't. No, they no, won't. He hurt? Uh, yeah, he's hurt. He's uh, he's got oh. some situation. Yeah, he's oh, going to be out for that. a few weeks. Thank yeah, you. Not on IR, me. but it looks like multiple weeks. Well, there you go. That helps. So, um, 
Denard, no one's confusing Gardner Minshew with Peyton Manning, but uh, but you know what makes him an effective quarterback? What what do the Titans have to do to to keep him from doing some of the things he's capable of doing on Sunday? Well, first of all, let me just go back and say uh, you said Jonathan Taylor's out, so that helps. Uh uh-uh, uh if y'all remember the first. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Moss had him a day. Uh, uh, I yeah. would have Jonathan Taylor after that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, speaking of Garden Minshew, yeah, you know Garden, you know he's just a. He, I like his elusiveness, but this is an interesting. I was thinking about, you know, this game, and I'm thinking about Tennessee's defense. And if I'm Shane Bowen this week, and I'm not going to get off because I, I don't think Minshew is. He's going to come down to the way that he. Uh, can get the ball and distribute to the receivers. But this game, if you're Shane Bowen, remember, you don't see things happen twice in this league in a division game. That means that the way that uh, Indy beat up Tennessee down in Indy, how they just absolutely ran the ball down their throat, you know Shane Bowen saying that's not going to happen this game. Now, this is the issue that I have, David. I want to get this out. The, the game against Tampa last week, Garden Minshew had no TD passes. But when you look at that game, he targeted, and I mean, absolutely, he went right at Michael Pittman. That's where that's his main target. He has developed that uh, chemistry with Michael Pittman. The game, the way that Tennessee is going to win this win this game and stay perfect at home, forget about the game in London, is they're going to have to rely on their secondary. That means they're going to have to play zone. They're going to have to make sure they keep everything in front of them because I don't see Indy coming in and beating Tennessee if the only thing they're going to do is run the ball. And that's where it's going to come down to Minshew. Remember, this is a team last week. They they didn't have a, a, a passing touchdown. And so you know one of the things that their offensive coordinator is going to get going, they're going to try to get going early, is to make sure they get this passing game going to try to open up those holes for Zach Moss to get going. So, again, th- that's what Garton Minshew, he, he's a different kind of quarterback, but he's not the guy that I think, Anthony Rich, I don't think he can beat you by himself. He's not Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Exactly, and uh, and John, you referenced the pass rush. We we have to point out, give it give a tip of the cap to the guy. We don't talk about enough on here. I don't think anybody around the league talks about him. Danico Autry is up to eight sacks again this year, three years in a row. That's a uh, that's a that's a significant streak. Uh, he is uh, he is just one of the 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 more productive, solid, useful players this team has had in a long time. At, at any position and to think that uh you know the Colts let him go in free agency and and the Titans were able to get him over here that was a uh uh that 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 was a double win for the Titans a couple of years ago and uh, uh you know anyone who's listened uh listened to this podcast knows how I feel about this thing until I see a streak end I'm not betting against it so I'm thinking the Titans find a way to win this game too I think uh I think I think I'm I think we might see the Titans run the ball pretty well in this one. I, I think it might be a little bit of a reversal of the first one with the the Titans kind of dominating on the ground. But uh, that is for Sunday afternoon, and and we will uh, we will be watching and we will be ready to talk about it next week. As always, for Denard Walker, for John Glennon, I am David Beauclair, and thank you for listening to Believe in Titans. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.